Back with Mackenzie Kiocho. How are you doing, girl? I'm so good. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yes, of course. The first woman, not the last for sure, but the first yes. woman of many to I'm be on. I'm super honored. Yeah. So I'm excited. Uh, how would you, tell us about uh, what do you do? Like, what do you do uh, for work and ministry, and how'd you get there? Well, I work at a church and I work with a youth pastor. Um, his name is John Asher. He's the best ever. And my role is to just support him and support the ministry and pastor young women and organize services and events. And then I also work um, in the church as the the admin and I do a lot of event planning and coordinating. And But my sole job is to connect people from when they walk into our building to Jesus somehow in any sort of way that I can. So whether that be doing a Bible study or getting baptized or any of that, my job is to make sure that that connection is made between yeah. person to the church. And it's so fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And you do have, you do a great job at that. I, um, if you may not know, I actually go to the church that McKenzie works at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I serve as well on the youth ministry there. And Mackenzie does a phenomenal job of making sure that people are greeted. Um, Sunday we had donuts, which was amazing. Uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't have had one, but, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Um, that's sweet. Um, but Kat, how did you – so, like, why mm-hmm. – I mean, you could choose any job, especially knowing you. Yeah. Like, you could have chosen so many jobs. So why would you choose ministry? What's crazy is growing up, I loved school. I was really smart. Um, I really wanted to be an engineer. Like, that's what I wanted to do. I was super excited about it. And then I started getting involved in youth ministry um, in middle school. And then in high school, I took it seriously. I was a student leader in the youth ministry um, that I was a part of. And it was my senior year of high school, about to start senior year, and Literally, this is so crazy. God was like, you're not going to be an engineer. Forget your plans. You're going to be in ministry. And I was like, me, if you know me, I'm very, <laughs> like, I know what I want. Like, I have a plan for everything. I know the steps to get there. And that was not in my plan. And I was like, what do I do? Like, I wanted to go to UW. I wanted to major in engineering or some, some school like that. But I, so senior year, my whole life changed. And I applied to a ministry school. 
got in wow. and I majored in pastoral ministries and biblical studies and got my ministry degree. So it was crazy. Very crazy. Wow. Dang. Mm-hmm. He flipped that. And I on truly his head. think it's because I thought I knew what I was trying to do. But God was like, uh-uh, not today. Yeah. And how if you could encourage mm-hmm. someone like in that season of uh of young leaders, you know, they're probably, you know, some of them may feel hey, I'm supposed to go into ministry, which can be it. Or they may feel, hey, I don't know yet, but I feel like God is calling me towards something else. How would you encourage them when they have that confusion? Yeah, I would really lean into scripture and lean into um, people older than you and wiser than you. I think people think that ministry is full-time all the time, but I have so many friends who work a full-time job And then they also serve in youth ministry and they get to fulfill their calling that way. So it can be so many different ways. I worked odd jobs for the longest time up until last year where I became a full-time church employee. So even getting my ministry degree, I worked for six years at a golf course or at the Boys and Girls Club in an office and just volunteered in ministry. And then just being faithful to my calling that I felt like God had on my life he blessed me with a job, but I don't think that you have to be in full-time ministry to answer the call that you have. And I know that there are so many young people that feel that urge. Like I want to do this the rest of my life. You totally can, because that's how you get youth leaders and that's how you get people that are sold out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I mean, that's the grind. I think that's the grind that a lot of young people, including myself when I was in high school and middle yeah. school, like I didn't see so I thought my youth pastor was out here just <laughs> making big bucks and just yes. working in ministry. And mm-hmm. he told me, he was like, no, I had other jobs. I, yeah. they, uh, he would call it a side mm-hmm. hustle. I was like, what is that? And <laughs> it, was so, it was so confusing to me to think about. Yeah, it was like, why are you, what do you mean a side? Like, because I was like, you mm-hmm. have to be recklessly there for God and, and, he said, God never told me yeah. I couldn't do something else. Like, and I think he never told me that I had to, he would tell me, I never, he never, he never told him that he had to be in a totally. church all of the time. Um, and I, I think that's huge McKenzie. Um, because man, I know, I mean, you, we know some high schoolers that, mm-hmm. um, that are confused. Every, almost every yeah. high schooler doesn't know what they yeah. want to do yet. Um, but they make early decisions because mm-hmm. that's what their high school is taught. And I think it's do. never too late to like go a different direction. Like I know so many people that were like our teachers or our construction workers, but they have been called into ministry and they do that as well. So I don't think that you have to be full time, even with a Bible degree, you don't have to, to, to really make a difference in young people's lives. That's so good. Wow. Okay. You already dropping heat. We're only eight minutes in. Dang. Awesome. Um, cool. Another question I have is I love asking this question because I'm learning from people that are older than me. Um, so some of this is me selfishly asking this question. Uh, but what would you tell your 20 year old self if you could go back to when you were 20, you know, 18, 19, 20, okay. I would tell myself so many things. So many things, but one of them was to really own my faith. I think what people think is that when you you graduate from high school and let's say you've been going into, you've been in youth ministry for that time, you're on your own. 
your youth pastor isn't going to be there to help you or your parents aren't going to be there to help you. So you have to Mm -hmm. really study the word of God and, and build your own faith because it can't be somebody else's. It's going to be yours. And I wish at 20 or that age that I took it more seriously because now at 27, I'm still trying to, to figure out those things and really discover these biblical truths. And I think when I, if I knew them at 20, I would probably not have made so many mistakes um, but the biggest thing is, is own your faith and take the time to, to grow and, and read and learn from other people too. And there's yeah. a bunch of things. And I also think like a healthy prayer life is the best life. And this past year, I've really devoted my, sure. the year of 2018 to prayer. And I have seen such a big change and I wish I would have done that earlier like way earlier in my life. So the prayer life is yeah, the best life. That's <laughs> prayer life is the best life. That's true. Um, Cause I think I ran into mm-hmm. that when I was 17, 18, which again was two years ago is like, I, I mm-hmm. made my faith, my pastors right. or my other leaders. And I was like, this, this is how I love God. And then when I graduated high school, and I got went straight into like a pastoral gig. I was like, I don't know, right. I don't know what I'm doing. So the first four months were hard because I was also learning on uh, mm-hmm. on how I looked at the scriptures and how I was going to spend quiet time and how I listened to the Lord. And um, I mm-hmm. learned that a prayer life is the best life. Yeah, because it truly is. Yeah, it truly is the best life. It's so good. <laughs> wow. Um, cool. So. We're going to go into a little bit deeper. Do you feel um, as if there's any barriers when you do ministry? Um, And that's in anything. Mm -hmm. And there's a have to be. Um, Yes. I think one of the biggest barriers, but it's also one of the biggest strengths that I think, especially youth ministries have, is social media. Part of my role is to run our LC student social media. And so I get to interact with students on there, but I also get to see just what, like, younger people are posting or what they're following or what's out there, what content is out there. Yeah. And it is crazy. And I think it becomes a barrier because you're having students who are now realizing that they aren't this way and this way could be better and all this stuff. And I think it, it's a barrier for some people yeah. and it's a barrier in youth ministry because you're trying to teach people to be authentic and be real, which is what Jesus calls us to do. But then on social media, people are living these fake extravagant lives and you're trying to teach students to, to be real. Yeesh. And so, but then people use it as a tool for promotion and to grow your business or whatever. So it's a great thing at the same time, but I think there's, it's a barrier because we don't know yeah. how to be real yet. And so for me, it's a struggle because I deal with girls all the time that are struggling with self image. Cause it's a big deal. And they're comparing themselves to mm-hmm. another girl's Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And I'm like, that's not who you have to be. That might not even be the real them. And so it's a common thread that I see a lot in, especially young women and just younger people is social media and how it's become this Mm -hmm. place where it's not real. And one of the things that Jesus did was he lived a true, real, authentic life. And that's what we're called to do. And we're not doing it. Wow. That's huge. I think, I don't think we even begin to notice 
like mm-hmm. how unreal media is until you yeah. uh, until you like hang out with a person for real because who was i like this happens to me when i follow pastors um and i follow them i'm like man they're the coolest person in the world and you meet them and you're like oh they're a person that deals with struggles and sin just as much as i do um i just get to see them on stage um and mm-hmm. i don't like you said i don't know the true the true them um but like how can we as young leaders how can we or just as leaders of young people how can we help these students um fight for or go for an authentic that's faith? a tough question but i think yeah or, or an or an authentic life well, like I how can how can we you are going to discover who you are if you understand what who god thinks you are and i think that we as youth leaders and as people that invest into young people, we have to model that first. And so there might be things in my life that I don't necessarily showcase for obvious reasons, but there are some parts where I can be real and authentic and they're going to learn from my example. And I think that we do ourselves a disservice if we're acting like everything's okay when things aren't okay. And if we can model that and mm-hmm. the adults and, and teachers and whoever that's around young people and coaches in their life and model like, hey, I'm going through a tough time or, hey, this is the reality that I'm in right now. Like students are going to be like, okay, it's okay to struggle or yeah. it's okay to be excited about something and not feel like they have to cover it up or add more to make it seem better or worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. Yeah. I think uh, I just, it it breaks my heart to look at students and see that they, they feel like they have to put this image yeah. up of that's not real of themselves. Um, and I think it's funny because they, they think we don't notice. And then you're like, no, I know, I know you, I know you. Yes. Yes. The other days. Yeah. And um, I, so. one thing I told <laughs> myself is I'm always going to be real with who I was before Jesus and always use that as a tool to mm-hmm. build people up. Like, I would say Mackenzie BC, so Mackenzie before Christ. Like, <laughs> I know. I cared so oh, much yeah. <laughs> about what people thought of me. Like, I cared about what I looked like all the time, which, I mean, there's a time and a place to look nice. You know what I mean? But I found myself caring so yeah. much, especially people that I even I knew. I would care so much what they thought of me that I was becoming fake and I was becoming somebody who covered up secrets and covered up things that I was going through. And I heard a pastor once say, God won't cover what you cover up. Like he's not going to be faithful. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to, that's hard to say, but or hard to explain, but I really feel like when we bring things to Jesus and we bring things out in the open, it is much easier for us to work with God and trust in God that he's going to take care of those things. But if we hold it inside and hold it tightly, like nobody's going to help you or you're not ever going to get help. And I've just seen social media be a thing where people hide behind it. And, but then you hear, then these people are later on committing suicide and they're it's a cry for help and nobody reaches out to them because they've covered up their whole life so as adults and as people that invest in young yeah, people sure. we have to look past what they post and really get to know them because there's probably something going on that we need to either celebrate or partner with them to get through damn mckenzie out here preaching <laughs> that's good 
<laughs> good questions. Good questions. I'm encouraged by that. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, and I, I mean, that leads perfectly into the next question of you speaking of kind mm-hmm. of us caring for youth people or youth, uh, the youth that we serve. Why, like why, again, mm-hmm. you could pick any ministry. Um, and I believe that you would do excellent in any of them. But why is youth so important? Youth ministry in general, you mean? I Yes. I've just seen so many students walk in broken, lonely, hurt, um, just craving attention and craving community and belonging and and I want to, uh, my job is just to make sure that happens for them. And that's why I care so much about it because I was reached at that age and I met Jesus at that age. And so I want to do everything I can and sacrifice whatever I have to, to make sure that the doors are open for students to have that outlet. And like, I learned so much from these students. It's crazy. Like there are so many girls that I've walked with yeah. in life and I'm like, dang, like you're speaking life over me and you're 17 years old. I'm 10 years older than you and you're preaching to me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and so the, there's, like students and yeah. and they're so they're full of wisdom they're full of potential and I don't think people think that they I think they think that they're they're too naive or they they haven't lived life enough but there are so many students out there and young people that are gonna be world changers and gonna be our future leaders so why wouldn't I give myself and devote my time and energy to to raising them up and giving and helping them get biblical truth and practical ways to serve Jesus and all of those things. Like I, I don't know. I just, I, yeah. there's this joke that uh, pastor John Asher and I have that I'm going to be that 100 year old lady in the back of the church serving in youth ministry because I'm never going to leave. Like I love it so much. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's so huge. Like, Cause I kind I have that same heart of people. People always ask me like, you know, you could like serve kids at like mm-hmm. somewhere else or do this somewhere else or do this. And Nate, you'd be great in this, and you'd be a great. I've yes. been told I'd, I'd be a great politician, which I don't get, but you know, it's like like you'd be you do this great and you do this great, and I'm like that's fine, but like I see students that are going through every day not knowing how loved they are, mm-hmm. and it's kind of what you're saying. Like they don't truly know how much love we have for them. Yeah. But you know, even more so God has for them. For sure. And um, I think, and those... I just think it's, it's no, go ahead. Oh, I just, I was going to say like those years of like middle school and high school, they're such formative years for a person. Like, I think if something happens in your life yeah. between the ages of like 12 and 18, like that's going to affect you for a very long time. And so I love that age. I love that age because the things that I do or the things that the, the church does or the youth, a youth ministry can do is formative for them for later on in life. And I think that we're going to yeah. see so much success and love in our world and especially in our country in the next 10 to 15 years because youth ministries are taking these students from, from point A to, to point B and it's, it's, we're going to see it. I truly believe that because I think youth ministries are realizing, man, these people, yeah. these students are going to change the world. So let's give them everything they can. Let's teach them all these things. 
And in 10 to 15 years, we're not going to see as many school shootings. We're not going to see as many school suicides because the church is doing it. Come on, McKenzie. Mm -hmm. That's wow. (laughs) Got shivers down my spine. I hope the person listening got those too. Uh, But that's so good, McKenzie. Like, just to understand that we're not, you know, like like you're always told in ministry by every person that's older than you, right? You're you're not going to see the fruit now. You're going to see the fruit later. And that's, you know, that's okay. And that's so great to know that these kids, like my guys that I walk with, and if they (laughs) listen to this, I don't care. They're boneheads. And you know some of them. They're just just boneheads. But then I look at them and I Mm -hmm. say, they love Jesus, though. They love people. These like these guys are gonna take 100%. my job. Yep. These guys are gonna take like these can be the next teachers, the next principals, the next police officers. Like everything we see wrong with our country or wrong with whatever. Like these young people are the next that are gonna raise up. So I just don't get when people are like, you know, the youth are you know they're dumb and they're millennials and they're lazy i'm like <laughs> but you were that person like you were that high school student who was super annoying yeah. smelled super bad yeah was super mean like you were that person but now you're an adult like don't yep. forget where you came from and don't forget like you probably needed a mentor yeah. in your life at that age or needed a friend that knew what you were going through and I tell people all the time who are kind of on the fence about serving in youth ministry i said the reason why i have so many girls mm-hmm. that I walk with and I look up to is because I literally bring them alongside me in my everyday life. Like I know that if I have to get my nails yeah. done, cause I do that. I'm like, Hey, do you want to go with me? And it's like a 17 year old girl mm-hmm. and we go get our nails done and she lives life with me. And then if I have to go shopping for a youth event, I'll bring students with me so they can get an idea and taste of what it's like to be yeah. an adult and to love Jesus because it's where they're going to be next. And so I think that we do, yeah. Like what we have to do is show them the way and you can get students sold out for God if you bring them alongside your life and walk that journey with them day by day. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Sweet. Um, youth is so important. I want to encourage person listening, like listen to what McKenzie is saying. Like go back, take notes. I don't care what you need to do. Like listen Today's youth, they're, they're the next ones. They're the next ones up. So we must lead them. Uh, we must encourage them. We must walk with them. I love what McKinsey's saying. It's like you can't, you can't walk you know, from afar and say, you got it, bud. Like youth aren't going to lead that way. They already have parents that say, hey, you got it. I'm not going to be in your life. Like they need leaders and for other sure. adults that are going to be there for them. Um, so that's so good. And this leads me. To my final question, which is the best question. Um, but, you know, we already, I had an unbelieving friend text me and say, hey, I am encouraged by your podcast. <laughs> and I said, what? Like, I didn't get it. Uh, and he said, I love the sports talk, even though I have no clue what's going on. Like, I love the different aspects of it. And, um, and this kind of question is for that person. But who is Jesus to you? If you could sum it up in two to three minutes who is jesus which is a small amount of time to explain the Mm -hmm. the vastness of how god uh loves you and who jesus is to you but who is jesus this is gonna sound so cliche but jesus really is my best friend like i think about 
that old hymn that's like what a friend we have in Jesus and it kind of it really defines like my relationship with him it's who, who I go to when I'm upset it's um he helps me when I'm down and um it's like almost a privilege to to be that close to Jesus and because I see him as that best yeah. friend it's so much easier for me to love other people and to understand them and I always think about like how many times has like your like actual best friend like let you down or whatever. Like Jesus is never gonna do that. Like he's like your ultimate bestie or whatever. Yeah. And yes, he's so many things. The Bible explains it in many different ways who he is. But to me, and especially in my life right now, Jesus is my best friend. I know that whenever I do whatever mistake I make, he is gonna be there for me. And whenever I need something or I'm thinking about something he has something to say about it. And um, I encourage people like to look at Jesus in that way, because it can be scary to look at him as God, the, the father, the whole, like, all that, like it's, it's, it's scary. But when you just bring it back to the basics, like he is your friend yeah. and the hymn is what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear and what a privilege it is to carry those things to him and to bring, bring your life to him at his feet and to worship him and to know him. And it's really shaped who I am as a Christian to, to not only know about him and talk about him, but to know the person and the personality that he had. And that's who he is to me. And I love him to death. Wow. That was good. Um, Jesus yes. is your best friend, and when I answer that question, I say, "Oh, 100%. Jesus yeah. is everything." Um, because, and you know, those are synonymous. But like, you know, another cliche, you know, who's Jesus? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's everything. But like, like he was my father mm-hmm. when I had no father. You know what I mean? And like, and so many people are like, um, "Oh, it's funny." I was at the Palace Fair yesterday, and. Um, you know, you have the repent yep. and turn or burn kind of people that are just holding their signs. And, um, and it's always funny to me um, to hear them explain who Jesus is. And then there was this guy who was kind of walking next to them and he was kind of sharing like, hey, Jesus isn't, you know, this hateful, mm-hmm. like he's everything to me and he loves me where I'm at. And like, yeah. I don't know why that hit me so hard, but I walked away and I was like, yeesh. Mm-hmm. Man, he's preaching. Um, and, like, he didn't get in an argument or anything like most guys do. He just kind of just walked away. And I've seen that happen a couple yeah. times when I'm after the fair and walking by those those people. Like, when people explain God to them, you hear, Jesus is everything. Mm-hmm. Jesus is loving. Jesus is peace. And yeah. that's what a best friend is, right? They're peace. Right. They're a safe space. And that's so good. Like you're you're talking about all yes. the themes we've also, been talking about on this podcast. Also, this podcast is so fire. I up. love it so much. Oh, thank you. And I wanna, I wanna <laughs> talk about. I really haps. appreciate that. I can't do a sports haps, but oh, I, you want... we can do some haps. Oh, okay. Here's the I thing. I can bring you some haps. I was Let's listening to the podcast with you and Tillin, and you guys like um, talked about the baby thing, but you mentioned sports for a second, like um, what the haps are. And I just have to say, I yeah. am so tired of this fantasy football talk because it's everywhere. And all I want to do is have a conversation <laughs> with my coworkers and my friends. But it turns into fantasy fo- football, which is, I call it magical football. That's what I call it. 
because I d- it's not real. Like it's not an actual team. Oh gosh, it cracks me. That is this this is the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> yes, magical football <laughs> needs to go for now. I, magical football, that's the best. I think just quick because again, I'm yeah. not going to get into the nuances of it with you, but with fantasy football. Um, it's this one time where I think a lot of guys who, and this isn't everybody, but a lot of guys who never played football feel like they're actual football oh, yeah. players. And I don't know why, but they feel yep. like they're coaching. And they feel and like they, they think own that them. they are and they the <laughs> most brilliant sports and analysis. <laughs> I don't even know what to call them. Sports announcer, sports critic. And I love it because I see people get so mad. And I'm like, it's not real. <laughs> oh. oh, it's also, you probably laugh at me because yes. I run four, four different leagues. And that all of those are true about me. Like, I'll, I'll go to Julia and I'll be like, yo, look at this trade. You know, look at this thing I just made. Carson Wentz is an interesting. I don't She's even like, know. I don't, like, like, I don't even what? know. And I will say, though, <laughs> shout out to all the people that love sports, especially football, because I was a football cheerleader and I had to learn the game in order to do the right cheer. And it's not easy. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. not easy. But for the longest <laughs> time, and I'm actually ashamed to say this, that I thought that Madden and fantasy football were the same thing. Up until somebody told me my freshman year of college, <laughs> I thought they were the same thing. And I was like, oh, you're playing fantasy football. They're like, no, we're playing Madden. And I was like, wait, they're not the same thing. Oh, so then, my so, yeah, goodness. Magical football is just the bane of my existence at this point. <laughs> and I really hope <laughs> all my friends was- have, I've made fun of <laughs> listen to this. Because they're going to laugh so hard at me. <laughs> I was not expecting oh. any of that. But I'm glad it happened. Because magical now football. I'm calling fantasy yeah. football magical football. For the rest, yeah, for the rest for of the, the rest days. Of just magical time. football. <laughs> that is what's going to happen. Cool. Well, okay. So, last topic of the day. And this is kind of, we're putting ourselves out there, but. I think I think it's okay. So, did you know that on your phone now, it will tell you the exact amount of time that you spend using everything, like to like the minutes and seconds. This stuff is. Um, I I didn't know that because I don't have the update, which I'm guessing is where it came from, right? But I have this realization because I just did a social media fast. And I didn't delete the apps mm-hmm. off my phone for that reason. I wanted to, like, see how many times I would click to open the app. And I recorded it for just yeah. – I did it for five days. And I recorded just one day. And I opened Instagram 25 times, knowing I'm on a social media fast, knowing that it's for a reason and it's to be closer to God. My, like, habits still open the app. So then I was like, okay, so I probably spend wow. so much time on Instagram. So now I don't even want to get the, the update because I don't even want to know how many actual minutes <laughs> I spend you trolling know? on Instagram. <laughs> it's true. Like I looked, it, it also tells you 
how many times wow. you pick up your phone. Uh, because because what a lot of us do is we pick up our phone, right? right. And we look and then we just put it back down. Um, and we'll open it and we'll go through Instagram and run through. So it tells you. So I've had 99 pickups from to about 7 a.m. when I woke up today to now. And the most pickups was 19 pickups between 1 and 2 p.m. So That's I have 12 crazy. pickups per hour. Wow. And I was like, and it, it's kind of like Apple. You like, why you got to be like, real? You got to tell me these things. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like you ever know like when you spend mm-hmm. a lot of money like buying food or clothes, and yep. you know how much money you spent, and you don't want to like and this is irresponsible. Don't do this. But like for me, like I don't want to go check because I don't want to deal with the reality that this big yeah. chunk of money is now gone, <laughs> oh and my I know gosh. exactly why. I <laughs> am okay. So I'm a firm believer in Dave Ramsey. So I've had to switch my whole budgeting around. And once I did that, this is such another side note, is I actually have more money to spend on things because I budget it well. Plus, I have a shopping rule. Like, I have an actual shopping, like, theology that people think is crazy, but it works for me. And, uh, like, I have three rules when I go shopping. Number one, you... Always pray before you go in because the Lord is sovereign and he knows what you need and what you don't need. Okay. (laughs) Come on. Number two, you never buy anything full price. There is always a sale, always a clearance rack, always another thing that could work for what you want, whatever. Number three, if you cannot think of three different ways to wear it right then and there in the store, you don't buy it. Shopping theology. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How, wow. I my life I has should been write a book about it or something. By that. Shopping theology. Shopping theology. I promise you that would be a, a good idea. number one bestseller. Hashtag shopping theology. Hashtag shopping so take theology. that when you go wow. shopping and then you'll be like, wow, Mackenzie was right. Uh, I'm different when I go shopping. I'm like, because so, I, I, I'm Dave Ramsey too, so I budget and um and same thing like you know you end up you're like oh i have money put it into saving i'm saving for a car so put that into savings save for a car hey gertrude's still bumping like i'm not getting rid of her until she falls into the dirt um (laughs) shout out gertrude that's my car for the listeners um i call her gertrude she's beat up a little bit on the side she's um, faithful but it's okay we still love her um she's faithful Come on. That's that's a testimony right there. But um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, we're shopping. Yes. So, like, I'll go in with Matthew Knoll because Matthew mm-hmm. Knoll, who's the main guy, a disciple, he shoots me straight, right? So, he's like, that doesn't look good on you. Or if it's, like, too tight, he's like, Nate, that shirt is way too tight. Or, like, he shoots me straight. So, I always – I'm like, my goal is to always spend these big amounts of money. <laughs> and I always – I always That's come good. back spending way less money because Matthew was like, you don't need that. But then sometimes he hypes me up and is like, hey, bro, <laughs> you going to buy these? You going you gonna to buy these shoes? And I'm like, no, Julia will kill me, but I want to do it so bad. So next time I'm just going to yes. buy the shoes. But I love yes, it. shopping theology. Yes. That's good. a lot of tangents there. Um, sweet. Mackenzie, thank you so much. 
for coming on the podcast. Do you have anything um, you'd like yes. to say? Keep listening because this podcast also encourages me. And I just think that this kind of thing is so needed in our culture, just people coming together and hearing and learning. Um, so shout out to Nate. Um, for having so much fun, making this so much fun for people to listen to and be on the show. Yes, of course. Mackenzie Kilcho is the greatest. Sure. Do you want your social yeah. media out, out there or no? Yes. So Sweet. Instagram is um, Mackenzie underscore Kyocho, my first and last name. Most of my stuff is uh, youth industry related, but my Insta stories are my favorite because yep. I just record everything that my friends do that is funny so check it out that's life love it yes follow her don't listen all people like if you're listening to this show i love y'all but don't <laughs> add someone on facebook like <laughs> we don't know each other like so that So real um yes. just don't i'm just being real so like instagram yes. is the only and i'll place. follow you back i'm not um, that person the ratio does not matter. Oh, wow. Okay. That's deep. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm different. <laughs> I ain't following you back unless you got a certain ratio. Oh, I love it. So. <laughs> uh, sweet. Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much. And thank you, listener, for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. We will catch you next week on episode six. Peace. Thanks again for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. If you want to connect with me, there is a Google form that is in the description. You can leave your name, a question, or any feedback that you have. And also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at underscore Kybird. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. And don't forget, keep it real. Keep it love. Peace. Welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast. Today we're talking about story time where my faith was put to work and God called me to minister to a Muslim friend. Also share some what's the haps, my understanding of some of the politics, worship albums. Also read about some Christian rap and talk about how Christian rap has impacted me. Also talking about some Christian rap albums. Earl Thomas I'll talk about a little bit. And my lead well young leader today will be why are students, why are young people leaving the church? And what are some ways, abilities that we can make sure or ensure that kids are staying not just in the church, but in church communities? Um, so I'm super excited to share that. Again, thank you so much for listening. And now let's go to story time. I can remember when I was an 11th grader. I was a junior in high school and I, uh, I had been talking about my faith. I'd been walking around with my Bible and I would sit with a different kid at a different table. If you haven't heard the beginning of my story, it's on episode four where I talk about the Great Commission. And I open with my story of kind of how I came to Jesus and how I got to know Jesus and how I got to where I was or where I am today. My faith was put to work, though, after because in between the time of me starting this club called Fellowship Club and me ending it, I I was trying to sit with different people all of the time. And I wanted to sit with different friends and so that they, they could get to know Jesus and so that they could get to know who God is. And I would sh I would try to share the gospel to everybody I could. And then what I began to notice was 
people were coming up to me and asking questions and why do you believe in this and can you share this with me and do you know who God why God did this and why does bad things ha- why do bad things happen to good people and questions but as a junior I couldn't answer and as a junior in college now it is still hard for me to answer those questions but what I began to notice was that God was challenging me and God was speaking me and telling me not just to speak to the people that I know, but the people that I don't know. So there was this friend and we're going to call him Ben. We're going to change his name. and His name will be Ben. And Ben had this huge wart on his face, this huge bump on his face. So I sat next to him. Naturally, I was like, man, you know, Jesus sat next to the people who had skin diseases and diseases. And Ben, if you listen to this, I love you, bro. I'm for you. Uh, Connect back with me if you can. But Ben was a Muslim. And speaking to Muslim friends, they kind of feel shut out in my community or in my Christian community or even in the fellowship club that I started because I automatically got into Jesus and I didn't get to know the person that was Ben. So Ben would come, Ben would come to lunch and sit next to me. We'd always joke around and we'd talk about this and that. We'd joke about sports and he'd he'd be cussing like crazy, talking about football, soccer, like just, we would talk about everything. And Ben became one of my great friends in my junior year of high school. You wouldn't see me without him. And yeah, he had this ward on his face and it was very big, but that didn't matter to me. I just wanted to get to know him. And I, and I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't go into the conversation thinking that I was going to, he's going to give his life to Christ, that he's going to change. No, I honestly just went into the relationship saying, man, I get to hang out with someone who's different in faith. I got to learn about the Muslim faith. Could I tell you about the Muslim faith now? No, but I got to truly learn about the Muslim faith and what it means to be a Muslim to him and why he believes in what he believes. And honestly, I respected him because he shared that with me. I respected him because he wasn't afraid to share these things that he would be judged for. He knew that I wasn't going to judge him, that I was just going to listen because I wanted to know. I wanted to know, why do you believe what you believe in? I didn't say he was crazy. I didn't say he was ridiculous. I just listened to him. And me and Ben had a great bond, a great relationship. But to be honest, Ben would be called names that I don't want to repeat. He'd be called names of um, just rude names of terrorism and things like this. And I do not believe these things. and I don't put these names over a whole people. But that's what he would be called by other people, other people of priv- privilege. He, he, he came from the background that I came from. He was broke. They didn't have fam- They didn't have money. He didn't know where his family was. He had to move to America to have a better life. Ben didn't understand why he was being bullied. Ben actually loved America. Ben couldn't wait to go to school because he said, man, this is a privilege for me to go to school. I get to go to school for free. There'd be times when I would throw him a couple bucks for lunch and he'd throw me a couple bucks for lunch. We would trade our lunches and we would have such a great time. I loved Ben. I love Ben. But one time Ben said, man, what do you, why do you carry around your Bible, dude? You wouldn't be allowed to do that where I'm from. And I was like, well, I carry around my Bible because this is what I'm supposed to do. I carry around my Bible because God is, God is telling me to do it. 
And he said, but did God really tell you to do it? And then I was like, hold up, bro. Like, Ben, chill out. Who you coming at like that? And he came at me in such a, I don't want to say disrespectful, but way where I was like, I don't know who you are and I don't know who you think you're talking to, but I am not the one today, Ben. And he talked to me in any kind of way he wanted to. What he was trying to say is, man, we have different faiths, but I'm glad that we can hang out. And he would share with me, man, thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for sitting with me. I'd see him in the halls, be like, what's up, Ben? How's it going? We'd dab each other up. We'd make fun of each other. We'd make fun of each other's faiths. The stuff that's crazy and kind of religious in, in their face. Like, we would do those things. And if if that's a sin, God, I, I apologize. But, man, I was building a relationship with this guy. And then what happened is he came to Fellowship Club, not because I asked him to, but because someone else in the Fellowship Club asked him. I I didn't want to invite him because I didn't want him to seem like a project. I wanted him to seem, I wanted him to know that he was a person and that I thought he was a person and that he was loved and respected. And I was overjoyed to hang out with him just because I got to hang out with him, just because he he had a pulse. So anyway, he came to Fellowship Club and he said, man, this guy, Jesus, is cool. He would stand up for worship. He'd sing it a little bit. But not one time did he raise his hand for faith or, you know, act like he was all out for Jesus in a charismatic way. He just wanted to know. But then what happened is Ben had to move. Ben had to move and he moved away from Lakes High School. And it was tough. Because honestly, I didn't know how to react. So I got a text. I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to. I honestly didn't know how to. Honest, like, I didn't know. I know I'm at a loss of words for this. But even now, like, I just didn't know how to respond emotionally because he was my boy. He was my boy. And he had to go. And I honestly forget the reason why he had to go. But to make a long story long, like I'm doing now, to make a long story short, he had to go because of his faith. Because of what he believed in. And they were moving away. And it was tough. But he said thank you. Thank you for showing me Jesus. He said I respect Jesus more. Because of what you said to me. And the way you've hung out with me. Man when I think back to. My greatest faith. Accomplishments right. Like like, like I'm marking them. Like, I think about this. I think about how Jesus truly truly created a relationship with people he didn't just meet them just tried to change their faith but he he met them where they were at like i've already said before and created a relationship i believe one of my greatest faith was not preaching to kids who already knew jesus but preaching to this muslim dude ben who didn't know jesus at all that was an accomplishment not because of me but because he got to see who jesus truly was and what a relationship with jesus truly is like Isn't that so great? That's what we get to do. Guys, that's my story. I got to share my faith. My faith was put to the test because it was uncomfortable. Because he didn't agree with everything I said. But it was great because he got to learn who Jesus truly was through me. And even I said things that weren't right. And I hope if Ben is out there that he's like, Nate, you were a dummy and you had no clue what you were saying. But what I do know was that Ben got an opportunity to follow Jesus. I don't know if he is today, but I pray that he is. I pray that God has him in safe hands and God has him in good hands. 
and in a good family. And wherever he's at, wherever his faith journey is at, that he is safe. And that he knows that, hey, there's a dude in Washington that loves him to death. Man, I think about Ben constantly because I got the opportunity to share my faith. That's my story, guys. And throughout these next couple of episodes, that's what we'll be sharing. I'll also be sharing different faiths through my young faith story and when I got to share the gospel and when leaders told me I need to share the gospel. Now what we're going to do is we're going to go into What's the Haps. Yo, welcome back to What's the Haps. Man, I'm excited for this What's the Haps. There's some controversial topics, but also I get to talk about music and your boy loves music. But first, I want to talk about this whole Kavanaugh. Don't know his name. Don't really know how to say it. But we're going to talk about Kavanaugh today. And this is the only thing I want to talk about. Is one, can we just start believing woman? Like, this this case, what it's showing me, as I was listening to Stephen Colbert, which I understand, like, I got to listen to, like, multiple sources. But what I understand is, man, can we just listen to woman? Can we hear him out? You know, and, yeah, there's women that, like, want to you know, get money and all that stuff. But no, listen, let's listen to women. Okay. Let's like, let's truly listen to what a woman is saying and who women are because they're so important. They're, they're crucial to, I mean, they're honestly crucial to our existence, but important to our world. They offer different perspectives and I'm on my soapbox right now, but can we listen to women? And what I understood is this man, this white man got to sit in the middle of all of these women and yell and cry, and be mad, and he was okay, he was just sharing his heart, right, and then these women share, and it's like, no, don't yell, they have to be buttoned up and be together, man, I want to talk about how upset that makes me, man, it is insane that we can say that a man, a white man of power, can sit here and cry, and say that we're trying to take him down, and all these things, and I understand, like, I don't understand, like, I don't know the nuances of this and what's behind this and the I haven't read the facts. I'll be real with you, but I'm looking at when I watch this video of Kavanaugh, when I watch this section of videos and I'm hearing him cry and yell and say this and that and <laughs> it hurt my heart, man. It hurt my heart because I know women in my life that have to button themselves up, have to get themselves done up and have to speak a certain way for them to even be heard. But I know if I walk into the room and I speak, you know, even though I'm a minority, like they might listen to me because I'm a man. So can we just start listening to women like this is less about the whole Kavanaugh thing. And that's just an example. But can we just begin to listen to women? Because I promise you, man, they have a great perspective to offer. I promise you they have a great perspective to offer. But how often do we actually listen to it? How often do we actually say, oh, okay. Let's listen. So again, I know I'm on my soapbox with this. And of course, I know people are going to disagree and say this and say, well, you know, you're a leftist or a rightist or whatever you want to say. I don't care. I'm not a leftist or a rightist or whatever. I'm a person who just loves to see what is right. And I would love to see women being listened to. They're important. They're God's creation. They have something to say. Man, I know this gets me fired up. It gets me so fired up because it was insane to me to see a man that could cry and yell and they're like, well, listen to him. His heart is hurting. And yeah, okay. But man, if the woman, a woman was in that same situation, I don't believe she'd, she'd have that opportunity to cry and be upset. 
she'd have to say, well, you know, like I got to, you know, she'd have to have her stuff together. One, two, three, A, B, C, and have it together. So like, y'all, can we just listen to woman? That's what I'm saying. Can we listen to woman? And I'm not here for the, all the, well, this is why, and this is this, and he was just, no, don't, don't care. Let's listen to women and what they have to say. And I suck at it even. With a bunch of women in my life, I'll be honest and say, I suck at it. But hey, men, let's try this. Listen. Let them speak. And not because you have to, but because they have something great to say. And let's believe them when they have accusations to speak and things to say. Let's begin to believe them oh my goodness let's believe them let's trust them with what they have to say let's believe women today let's do it i know that ended happy in a different way but let's do it anyway worship albums and this is what i'm gonna talk about with worship albums as as i speak about worship albums i i kind of i have this love-hate relationship with worship albums with worship songs not with worship artists because i know some worship artists in my life but with the idea of that, we're just going to repeat the same chorus over and over and over and over and over again and feel the presence of God. <laughs> but it's not that. It's not just that. It's just a lot of them begin to sound the same to me. Like a lot of them. And I, there's a lot of them sound the same to me. And I couldn't sit here and list to you, but I want to talk about the new Elevation album and how much I just love and adore it. Elevation Worship dropped a new album. It's titled Hallelujah here below man i love this because what i love about elevation is that they're deciding to go more into a season of where we understand that bad things happen in the christian life and in the christian faith and in our christian walk i think that's kind of what gets me going crazy about worship albums is that they're kind of lovey-dovey all the time they don't lament enough they don't talk about sadness enough and they're happy all the time and yes, there's a time for joy and a time to sing songs of Jesus has brought me joy and Jesus is, loves me and Jesus is for me. That's true. But man, where's the music when it says, man, it doesn't like say this straight up, but like, hey, I need to pay the bills and I ain't, I ain't got no money to pay the bills and I need Jesus right now. I don't trust him right now. Like, Where's where's that sermon? Where Where's that? Where's that talk? Where's that worship song? And in Elevation, I find that. I find that I find a song in worthy where it's like, man, like, am I worthy? Like when I listen to that song, I ask myself, like, am I truly worthy? Am I truly worth it? Listen to the lyrics of this song. It says it was my cross you bore so I could live in freedom you died for. And now my life is yours and I will sing of your goodness forevermore. First of all, that is some bars elevation. But man, they're talking about his goodness. And that the cross he went on was he was bearing our cross that we should have been on. That's reality. It's not Christ died and rose again and hallelujah. No, it's honestly like, Jesus, you really did some stuff. You were beat on the cross for us. That's why I love this Elevation album so much. And I want to talk about honest, like I want worship to lament more. I want worship to not just be sad and depressing all the time, but to say, hey, Life is real. Life is tough. Like real stuff happens. And how can we move towards a greater faith than that? 
You know what I mean? Like, how can we honestly say, yes, my life with Christ is absolutely amazing. It's beautiful. It's great. But also, there's some tough moments. There's some times when I don't believe in what Jesus is going to do. There's some times where I don't trust what God's going to do. And understand, you're not sinful when you think these things. Like, we're going to think these things. We're humans. We lack the knowledge and the full knowledge of an infinite God. Our understanding is finite of an infinite God. So we're going to doubt because we don't understand everything that God is doing. But man, this Elevation album and also the album of uh, Be Okay by Vu Church, or not Vu Church, sorry, Zoe Church. Like, I love these albums because they're honest. My life sucks. It's tough. But I got Christ. I'm going to be okay. There's nothing wrong with a lamenting song that ends in celebration or knowing what Christ is going to do. Aren't those the best song? Like when you know what God is going to do. Like you lament, you were sad, it didn't feel good, but you but you know that God is going to work. That's what I do when I'm in my journal, right? When I'm talking and I'm speaking, like I write down my notes and I say, okay, I'm believing in this, I'm believing in this man, this sucks, God, this sucks. I'm having depression. I'm having anxiety. This is tough. I need you I need you to help me. I need you to work with this through me. And when I have those conversations, I always end with knowing, but God, I know you are greater than what I could do. That my circumstance is small compared to what you are doing. So listen, worship artists, let's make some songs when we are really, truly talking about what God is doing in our lives. Truly, truly talking about what God is doing in our lives. Sorry if there's some background noise. There's an airplane that seemed like was flying right over our house. God is doing great things. He's doing huge things in our life. Let's accept them. Next is Christian rap. This weekend I got to go to a, a Christian rap concert of Andy Minio, Lecrae, and What Up RG, No Big Deal, Words Played. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I got to meet them. Go check out my Instagram uh, I took a picture with them. It was awesome. It was like meeting like my hero. Any Minio was a guy I started listening to when I was pretty young. Like really young. And honestly, as soon as I got saved, because it was rap. Like I love Tupac. I love Biggie. I love Kendrick. Like I loved all these guys, but the music was so disgusting. Like it was just nasty. And I started listening to Any Minio and he was talking about Pazino's Wildin' and uh, you can't stop me because God is with me. He was truly talking about it. This is a white boy. I respected that, man. Because, like, there's a part of me that still wants to make a rap song. Like, I might drop a rap song next week. You don't know. But there's still a part of me that wants to drop a rap song. I love rap music. And any menial dropping these songs in Lecrae and Social Club and Aha Gazelle. Like, all of these guys saying, I'm going to rap and talk about Jesus. Man, it has changed my life. It was impactful for me. Man, there was a song when he talked about his struggle with, with lust. Man, me and my guys, like the guys I hung out with in high school, that hit us. That rocked us hard. Man, he has so many songs where he truly talks about Christ and truly talks about his struggles with Christ and the new albums he has, The Sword and the Arrow. Like, are you kidding me? Like, he talks about shame and when his mom caught him watching porn. Like, like, yo... Like, that's real for people that struggle with that. Like, he talks about, like, 
let's not talk about each other. Like, that's none of my business. Like, go talk, go tell someone else about that. Like, are you kidding? Like, that's a joke. Like, he's really talking about music and about this whole lamenting. Like, his first album is about his depression and anxiety. His song, he says, I ain't done. Man, are you kidding me? In the concert, he says, I ain't done. Man, I was going crazy because I'm not done. Death to my depression, to my anxiety, and to my enemies. God is with me and God is for me. That's ridiculous. God is with me and God is for me. He, he's always been with me. He's always been for me. Man, it's been so impactful for me for this th- this season. And honestly, the concert, Andy Mino had this section where he sang the song Shame. And at the end it says, Jesus has covered all of my sin. He dies for all my sin. He's for all my sin. He covers it all. Oh my goodness. I'm crying. Tears. Because Andy Mino was turning up. I'm about to cry right now. He's turning up and he's talking about how Jesus has covered all of his sin. Yes, he has shame. Yes, says he has depression, but he will find freedom. He will be clean because Jesus, oh my goodness, Jesus is in his life. Jesus is for real. Man, I love it. He covers all of his sin. Yes, he was he struggles with this and this, but he covers all of our sin. That's why Christian rap and music, Christian music has been so impactful for me today. And I don't care if they don't call themselves Christian rappers. Like, no, they're singing about Jesus. And I don't care what their title is. Man, they talk about God. So I want to hear it when they're like, Lecrae has left his faith. You don't know that. You don't know the dude. Andy Mineo doesn't love God anymore. Unless your name is Andy Mineo or Christina Mineo. Honestly, if your name is and if your name is not any Minio, you should not be worrying about his faith. You should be worrying about hey, this music he's dropping is fire. So fire. Oh my goodness. He covers all my sin. I'm about to sing it right now. I'm sorry. I can't sing. Uh, I'll leave that to like Mariah Coyne and Brie Gonzalez and Josie and uh, you know, the people that can't sing. Anyway, finally I want to talk about Earl Thomas. Man, that sucked. Real quick, I'm not a Seahawks fan. I'm an Eagles fan. Eagles lost. Eagles lost. Anyway, I'm not a Seahawks fan, but man, he was holding out because he wanted to get paid. And it's a sport. Like, you have a chance to get hurt every football play. And I got hurt a lot. I was too small. You have a chance to get hurt almost every football play. And what we began to notice is that he got hurt. He broke his leg, and now he is not getting paid. I mean, he's getting paid. But did not get paid more. And this was why. This is why people hold out. And that sucked. And when he threw up that finger that you don't want, you know, the read between the lines, I felt that. Like, because I've never been on, like, a like a team with a contract. But that has to suck. Like, that's why Le'Veon Bell is holding out. Like, that's truly why he's holding out. Are you kidding me? Anyway. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just not going to do this section. Yeah, I'm not going to do Earl Thomas. So what I'll do is add a flag. Yeah, so that's what's the haps for me, guys. Like, I just, I truly, I truly believe mu- music is so impactful for us today. It's so impactful to what we know and what we believe and who we are. 
as Jesus followers, like music can impact us and music has and can impact a generation. And I believe it's going to impact our generation today. So don't forget, man, he's covered all of your sin, man. We got to we got to listen to woman. And also, hey, singers out there and people that are putting out even content, even speakers, even pastors. Let's talk about the hard stuff like God is good and God wants us to be good. But Jesus wept, too. Jesus understood our pain. Jesus knows our pain. Can we talk about that for maybe even one second? Man, I'm encouraged. Jesus covers all of our sin. Yo, that's what's the haps. Thanks again. Now we're going to go to Lead Well Young Leader, where we're going to talk about why are they leaving? Welcome back. Lead Well Young Leader. Have you ever asked yourself the question as a young leader, youth pastor, why are students leaving the church? Why don't they want to come to church anymore? Man, they were a student leader at one point, and now they're not. They've decided to not follow Jesus, and what it seems is they're turning away from their faith altogether. What 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 do I do? What is one to do? And this is what I've noticed, and as I was researching today, there's many reasons why people stay into stay in the church, especially young people. Majority of people, majority of young people make the decision to follow Christ before they leave to college. Understand that that means young people like myself, they're making decisions to follow Jesus before their brain is fully developed, <laughs> before they know what college to go to, before they know who they're going to marry, maybe. They're choosing their eternity, right? Like before high school ends. And we get to be a part of that decision. But we ask ourselves, why? Why are they leaving? Is it something I've done? Is it something I didn't do? What can I do better? How can I love better? Like what truly can I do? And this is what I believe. I believe that there's three reasons Three reasons on why we don't, why kids aren't coming back. Kids aren't coming back to the church. These three reasons I have is reasons why people stayed in the church. The first one is they went to church and the church helped them guide their decisions in everyday life. We all know that young person, right? That's like, Nate, what do I do about this? Nate, what do I do about this? Hey, Nate. What do I do about this? Hey, Nate, I don't know whether if I should turn, spill my um or pour my milk in first or my cereal first. What should I do? They call you at 4 a.m. Yo, wh- how should I post this post? Yo, like they ask you questions about everything. That's what young people want. They want to be guided in their decisions every day. It may seem like a young a young person is like, man, they don't care about nobody. They don't care about no authority. But honestly, when I found in kids that push back on authority it's because they're not guided or they weren't guided in life so now they're going to make their own rules because no one made them for them or no one at least tried to guide them or mentor them so i'm gonna encourage you with this they want the church to help them guide their decisions in every day young people want the church to help you guide in their decisions every day i got this from a barner research and also um a, uh, was it a pew research also, it says that both of their parents were married. For a lot of us, that's not 
a lot of our students, that's not the, uh, from a lot of my students at least, that's not the reality. They're not married. Marriage has not even come into their mindset. I didn't understand marriage until I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Like I didn't get it because I didn't see a good marriage in my life. Like I, like I knew that people stayed together, but I thought it was just dating. I didn't know what marriage was. So both of their parents were married. They had, they had a solid home. So honestly, like the kids I mentor to, like this can be a, 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 a blockage. This can truly be a blockage to them knowing Jesus because they don't have both parents in their home. And you know, the parents, the kids that have to go back and forth between parents. Oh man, that's going to be tough. How are they truly going to want to know Jesus if they don't know where they're going to stay that night? Or they don't know what parent they're going to see this weekend. And they want to see moms and dads, but moms and dad don't want to be together. Right? So like, understand that, man, this could be why a kid is leaving. Their home life isn't secure. Their home life isn't correct. And this is my favorite one. It says one adult or Jesus friend decided to invest into their life. That means someone invested into them. Isn't that what the church is supposed to be? We're supposed to be a place for people to find solace and to get to know Jesus. I mean, that's what I, I mean, that's what I've heard. That's what I know. Like, can we be that to people? Like kids are staying in the church. Why? Because one adult said, I'm going to go to McDonald's with you every Monday and ask you questions and get to know you and buy you ridiculous amounts of food to invest into your life and get to know you. That's what young leaders did in my life. That's what young people did in my life. That's how young people got to know Jesus. That's how I got to know Jesus. It's because someone invested in my life and said, no, 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 no. You haven't been invested to. You don't really know what this looks like and what this looks like, but I'm going to help you. What happens when we invest? It grows, it reaps, it doubles, it exponentially grows. So that means when we begin to invest into young people, their their purpose and their power and their, their capacity to change the world will grow exponentially because we've invested seed, uh, we've invested into them. Right. We've planted into them. So now they will exponentially grow as long as we continue to invest as what happens when you invest. You keep on putting money in so that things can grow. But if we just invest one time and then hop out, they're going to say, oh, I'm not invested into. So now I'm going to hop out of the relationship with the church, with Jesus. Honestly, young people are basing their Trust, I've heard this from my pastor, one of my pastors in my life, Antonio Macamore. Young people base their trust on T-I-M-E, time. Are you giving their time? Are you investing your time? And I know it's like, well, that's that's ridiculous. Like, I have time. I have things to do. Well, man, when a young person needs to know Jesus, that's my only mission. That, that That's what I'm going for. Investing in them over a long time. Right. Like I didn't just go up to Ollie and be like, well, well, you need to know Jesus or you're going to hell. No, I didn't say that to him. <laughs> I was like, yo, you need to know Jesus. But I'm going to walk through you in life, not nagging you all the time saying, hey, do you know him yet? Hey, do you know him yet? Hey, do you know him yet? Sorry, I'm getting closer to the mic. Hey, 
Do you know him yet? No, that's not, that's not my goal. What my goal is, is to walk to Jesus and say, hey, do you think you're really ready for a relationship with Jesus? No? Okay. And then they embrace me and be like, you know what, Nate? I think I'm ready to know this God. Like, he really does love me. And they're like, I, I mean, that's what I was telling you before. Right? Isn't it so funny when young people are like, wow, God does love me. God's Christian is beautiful. God is for me. And you're like, bro, I've been telling you that the whole time. And you're just now believing that? That is crazy. That is crazy. So this is why students are leaving. Like they want the church to guide them. If both of their parents are married, it could help possibly. Or there's a healthy home. Think about home life. And also that one adult or Jesus friend invested into their life. Time. True time. Right? A young person adjusts their trust and their faith on T-I-M-E. Time. Right? What do kids love the most? What they put their time into the most. Right? Like if they love Instagram, they're going to post a lot of Instagram pictures and put time in. And by man, Instagram is the best. If they love football, they're going to put in work and they're going to lift. They're going to they're gonna do those things because they, they're putting their time in. They're going to trust their coaches if they put time in. Coaches, what do they do? They give two hours of their time almost every other day or every day. That's time. They earn trust by time. I encourage you to lead well. I encourage you to lead well, young leader, and to know this. Yeah, young people are are leaving the church, and you might be freaking out and saying, "Well, run for the hills because it is going down." Jesus, you need to leave the ninety-nine and go get the one. No, I encourage you with this: help young people in their decisions every day, and also. Invest into students' lives. I mean, those two are kind of synonymous, right? Like, if we can help young people got in their decisions every day, then we're investing because we're, we're, we're stepping in life with them. We're truly in it with them. Lead well, young leader, and know that you, you are called to this work. You are called. Maybe some of you are even asking that question. Am I truly called? Next week, we'll talk about a little story time about that. But yo, you are called to this mission and this work. So put in work and make sure that your kids, they don't stay in the church building, no, but they stay in the church community and they stay plugged in, right? You know, these youth pastor terms, plugged in, connected, filled up, like make sure there are all those things in the church. That, that, that's our mission. That's our goal. That's our job. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we will have a special guest, which basically means I still got to get my guest. I'm just being real with y'all. So make sure to check it out next week. And go ahead and listen to Andy Mineo's new EP, The Sword. Go ahead and check it out. My favorite artist by far. Hey, I love you guys. Keep it real. Keep it love. Peace.